Well, hey there, and welcome back to Fire and Soul, the space to deepen your inner awakening and activate your highest expression. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow, and I'm really excited, grateful, and honored to bring you my guest today. For those of you unfamiliar with Kendra Kunob's beautiful body of work and her gentle spirit and just pristine integrity, you are in for a real treat. We definitely get into how I came across her work, but I want to give you a a bit of her uh, bio as well as some topics that we do get into as we meander in finding ourselves in this conversation and, and in the journey, which is something that she speaks to at the very end. Founder of The Collective and The Fierce Grace Incubator, Kendra Kunov has been studying, facilitating, and most importantly, practicing authentic relating, embodiment practices, and deep intimacy work for over 20 years. She's worked with thousands of men, women, and couples in the areas of embodiment, intimacy, communication, and full self-expression. She co-founded Authentic World, as well as the Embodied Relationship and Intimacy Training Salon, and pioneered some of the most cutting-edge relationship work on the planet. I think I think that I was supposed to say relation work on the planet. She works with organizations and leaders as well as men, women, and couples who know that presence, truth, connection, and integrity are our truest access points to success in business and in love. Boy, is that our love language right here at Fire and Soul. So some of what we get into is a bit of her backstory, and she speaks to energetic range, which is our capacity to be and express all that we are, and how it's directly connected to our vitality and aliveness in the world, even now, especially now. Authentic relating, um, especially in these times, right, with what we are watching play out in Israel and all of the reaction and or response to that, what it means to be an embodied leader and how to even know how to take on that title and or the deep listening around the authenticity of that. Uh, We speak to, yes, um, that authentic relating around entrepreneurship and leadership, as well as then we button up with um, a beautiful conversation around return to source, which I think is the essence of this whole conversation, but it's also the name of her in-person retreat that she's been running for many, many years and that I believe I will be attending next June Uh, as well. So we'll link to that and so much more in the show notes, but this is just such a beautiful conversation and meandering um, of all things on the heart in these times and learning how to connect back to that space so that we can connect to our humanity. I'm so looking forward to sharing this with you. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Miss Kendra Kunov. Kendra Kunov, welcome to Fire and Soul. This has been a long time coming for me. I'm so grateful that we're finally connecting on the pod. Mm, thank you. Ah, uh, Yeah, you know, I was sharing with you before I hit record in that beautiful space that we co-created together. Thank you for that, that energy that you brought and that you bring to everything you do. Uh, that I've been following your work uh, ever since I discovered you through John Wineland's work and then Aaron Kinney. I think of like a sister to you on, on many levels, uh, 
She was uh, on fire and soul many months back now. And then uh, through our connection, I've learned just her deep reverence and awe for you. And then, of course, the more that I I follow you and connect with you and your teachings, especially on Instagram, and we'll link to everything in the show notes. I'm like, so do half of my friends. How is this? You know how that goes. So I just wanted to say thank you for the beautiful work that you put out into the world. I'm going to link to everything and I'm going to encourage everyone that feels called to check you out, especially on, on Instagram and your authenticity there. But for those who aren't familiar with your beautiful work, um, I'd love to hear whatever you feel called to share in terms of your backstory and bringing us to this now moment. It's a big question, but I know that you are comfortable with big questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll try it. I think almost like, um, almost like stars in a constellation, right. Rather than drawing all of the the pieces just to say, sometimes there is this way that I could go all the way back. And I feel really lucky more than maybe anything. I was born into a community of practice. I was Mm -hmm. born into a Buddhist monastery Mm -hmm. and I went, I returned after finishing one year of college and college was just not right for me. Um, <laughs> Same when I wanted to go home, when I needed to leave, when I wanted to go home where I returned was the monastery. Mm. And then I remember after being there, uh, I was there for three years and there was this, I mean, there were many things, you know, and there are many things that kind of ultimately drew me out, but there was this one moment that I remember vividly mm. where I was looking around at this whole community And with this explicit intention, right? Everybody comes for practice and in service of awakening. And and I remember having the clear thought in my mind, I was like, but what is this other, like, what is this relationship thing that we don't talk about? Mm -hmm. And I didn't at that time necessarily mean intimate relationship or romantic relationship, but it was like, we're like in deep relationship with each, we know each other so well, but we don't really talk about that. That's not the work we do here. We sit in silent solo meditation. And then ultimately I followed a man, I left and I moved to San Francisco. And that was what kind of dove me headfirst, if you will, into what I would call the personal growth world at the time. Um, And And so that, you know, even though I had been steeped in that, I would say like, that was my entrance to what might be more directly connected Mm -hmm. to this idea of personal growth. I studied with Marshall Rosenberg and David Data, and I did Landmark and I was part of an, like its own transformational community that was leading courses at the time. And, um, and then through that, I met my now ex-husband, but it was really through him and his business partner, they were starting a program called the Authentic Man Program. Mm-hmm. And it was really so that men could have like real fulfilling relationships with women, but through authenticity, mm-hmm. because at the same time, the pickup community was sort of blooming. And um, and it was through that. So then it was like, again, this it was almost like I felt like I, I tripped and then I landed doing this work. And I was like, I guess this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it, it you know, just really found its way in terms of where I was leading groups and then having one on one clients. And, and then at some point going like, OK, wait, if I'm doing this, like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. I love it. I'll, I'll leave it there for now. 
<laughs> so good. I had no idea about Dr. Marshall Rosenberg. Um, mm-hmm. For those who aren't familiar, he is the founder of the Center for Nonviolent Communication. Both my parents are international facilitators and my mm-hmm. dad's an assessor out of Santa Barbara. So I've been raised on that basically in my adult life. I love that about you. How cool. I was literally with my dad on Sunday. We were talking about mm-hmm. Valentina, his late, you know, his wife, when he made his transition and and then landmark, I mean, that's way cool. Um, I just want to pick up on that because it's in the field. Do you happen to rate? Well, did you do the advanced uh, forum? Okay. Do you, did you teach there or did you take there? You take, okay. Did you do the full SELP like after? So I never did the SELP after I stopped at the advanced forum. Um, but I remember, I mean, I had such an intense experience and, you know, there's complexity to all these organizations. Yes. There's complexity to all these organizations. And I, you know, and I have to say that was like 25 years ago. Exactly. Right? So, like not even really, and the same with Marshall Rosenberg, you know, yeah. and it's so different. I, people will sometimes talk about the work itself. And I often find myself asking like, did you ever meet him? Because I would walk in a room and I would just weep. Mm. And I, there's so much other beautiful work being done, you know, but like that experience that was, you know, he had a transmission. He did. And with the, the forum, I mean, I had this whole experience in the advanced forum um, where I just thought they like hated me and didn't like me. I went through this whole like process. And then right at the end, the leader came up and tapped me on the shoulder and she whispered in my ear and she was like future forum leader. And I, and, and I kind of like, I've looked back at that and I was like, I don't know, was she manipulating me? Like, I have no idea, but I was like, well, look at that. You know, <laughs> I never worked within that organization, but so cool for mm-hmm. me. Um, uh, yeah, I was one of those, I got invited to do like, you know, the one night, right. Where they've all just gone through the, the yeah. landmark forum the first three day. And I remember saying, I'm not bringing my wallet. I'm not bringing my checkbook because back then we did have checkbooks. And, um, and I was like, cause I am not enrolling in anything, no matter what you all say. Right. And then before I knew it, I signed up for everything. And (laughs) so for me, it was really authentic. Um, and I remember my, do you remember your act? I remember my act and it was such a shock to me. And it was so clear that that was my act Mm -hmm. because of how, just, you know, I didn't, I didn't really want to be present for the my advance. <laughs> yes. That was, it was my act, but I was the last to yeah. see the act. And it was just like, it was such yeah. brilliant curriculum. Yeah. So I will share my act in a moment. I'm also curious if you know your act, but I'm also curious to know when you do answer, if you believe what I now believe to be true, which is they told us that our act would be how it's going to be for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's so much inner work that if you're really doing that deep inner work, there's an alchemy, right? There's like an awareness of, oh, that could get me, but man, it doesn't even bother me anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mine was nothing's good enough. And Mm -hmm. then our leaders added never has been and never will be. Mm -hmm. And that was so discouraging for me at the time. Right. Mm -hmm. But now 20 years later, I'm like, that's, it's not even, I can't even relate to that, but yet I know when it shows up. Mm-hmm. Right, my own recovering perfectionist. So I'm curious, and maybe you said it, and I spoke over it. Do you remember your act? So I don't remember my oh. act. Oh, um, but I do really relate to this piece that you're saying, mm-hmm. which is that there that there can be true transformation. Mm-hmm. And part of the way that I hear what you're saying, which I do find really valuable, because I also think um, 
that there are parts of us and again whether they're whether we're born with them whether they come from our family of origin whether they're astrological whether it's the enneagram whether like there are parts of us that we will um it's almost like a magnet like there will be a pull or there'll be some kind of circling around it possibly mm-hmm. for the rest of our lives mm-hmm. the way that you described oh it doesn't have the grip or it doesn't have the pull and I think it's important to recognize both parts because I do find like, first of all, we can truly transform, like our relationship to these experiences really does change. Mm-hmm. But I do find that sometimes people, if they're like, but why does it keep coming up and what's wrong with me? And does that mean I'm broken? And why am I having that thought again? Or didn't I heal that already? And that in and of itself has its own kind of toxic cycle rather than like, oh, look, look. Like this desire for perfection arose, but I don't, it doesn't have a grip on me, you know, or, oh, look like this, this particular flavor of self-judgment or judgment of other arose, but I don't actually believe it, but it doesn't mean it didn't arise, right? I don't even need to really spend a lot of time and energy on the fact that it arose. Mm, So good. This is my love language right here, because I think there are, and I didn't expect to go here. We didn't know where we'd go. And I love this. It feels really alive for me. (laughs) And it's that I think there are a lot of people out there and listen to each their own and we're going to resonate where we do and and it all belongs in my world. However, um, I definitely know that for a while I got caught up in the old self help, the old personal growth, which I know that you also were a part of. And that you almost stay mired in the what's wrong with me. And then now the shadow work, um, it's important to look at it, but it's also important to notice when we're no longer getting snagged. And that is a whole journey of authentic evolution and awareness and devotion and curiosity. And so I just said a lot, but I'm curious what comes up for you because you've guided thousands of people in this exact frequency Mm. to not get caught up in the old of what's wrong with me, right? But to be able to notice how far I'm growing or I don't know what, what works for you and or the people that you get to guide in terms of helping us see the the real truth mm-hmm. of growth always in motion, always in, I think you call it even almost um, that energetic range or would that even be appropriate here? I think it is, you know, you brought this up earlier and um, I wrote a piece a while back. I may, I think I originally called it the myth of authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I stopped wanting to use the word myth as like inaccurate. Mm-hmm. I may have changed it to the misunderstanding of authenticity. Um, but the way that I think like our habits can be grooves. Mm-hmm. And in that way, that can be what we call authentic. Mm-hmm. Because in response to something in a particular scenario, in just in relationship with ourselves, that might be the part that comes fastest, quickest, easiest, most naturally, if you will. And we go, well, that's just who I am. And that can be both things that we want to change about ourselves, like habits that are not useful. It can be things we like about ourselves too, you know? Um, But the more I really was with people. And then I think in my own self, that sense of like, in any given moment, there are myriad things that are true for me. Mm -hmm. And the tendency to go towards one, because it's the most well-worn groove does not inherently make it the most authentic. 
Mm. And so when I talk about energetic range and in working with people, I often do like to explore realms. In fact, I'm going to do this with a group on Friday. We're even mm. going to do this piece around what do we call our not self? Mm. A not even a not what is our not self, but what is a not self part? Like I'm not this. I'm I am this, but I'm not this. So the last time we did this, the being that I brought to the um to the call was she who is materialistic. Because mm. I was like, well, I'm not like, like for me to be materialistic would kind of like ruin the whole thing, right? Like, well, I can't be that. Like, that's just not me. Yes. Um, and I was like, okay, so we're going to play with that, right? And and the and the sense that anything we can't be limits us mm. as much as anything we think we must be. Oh, so, right? so the whole idea of like the culture says you have to be like this and you have to be like this. And, but there's also ourselves going like, well, I'm just not... I'm just not good with money. Like, mm. well, I'm just not assertive. Mm. Well, I'm just not materialistic, right? I'm just not. And those things that we like, well, that's just not authentically me. And in a practice realm, you know, mm. or in on purpose going into those places, because I think we don't know until we go there. Like it could just be a life of thinking that for who knows what reasons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of the, the energetic range piece. So good. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to expand on this a little bit because we are also in some, uh, really troubled times, you know, um, yet again, it just seems endless. And I loved what you posted. I think it was even two days ago. And so I'm going to just share with my listeners, we're recording this on October 24th, and this is going to come out next week. I felt called to bring your unique um, beautiful wisdom and medicine in the times that we are all uh, in. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and this is a very awakening community. You know, what do we mean by that? Awakening to our own truth, our own authenticity, exactly what you just shared, but so beautifully put, by the way, um, as well as awakening to, yes, everything going on in the world and the way the world is really run and all of that. But there were there were some nuance uh, in your post around just that that energetic range that's tied to how to show up online as a leader mm -hmm. in these times, what we're feeling maybe coerced to do or not to do, or gosh, you know, all the same rhetoric, right? Every time one of these things happens and it's all awful, but how to find our own authentic authentic leadership in these times. Mm -hmm. And so what you shared for me actually was the most resonant of almost anything I had read. And it was just like, I don't know how to be, I'm not going to do this because you tell me I should, I'm not going to do that because of all these other reasons. I'm just going to be me and let you know I'm hurting and there's no real one, one way to do this. But it was deeper than that. Can you expand on that and how it connects to energetic range when we're trying to show up and be a leader, be, and yet we're also deeply human and wanting to be as authentic as we know ourselves to be. And what does that even mean in these times? I feel like the mirror is out and up now more than ever. And I'm curious what you're experiencing and or whatever wants to come through from what I just asked. Yeah. I mean, it is I, a big part of that, that I would say is listening mm. and um, I'm kind of catching threads as they're, as they're coming in. So I want to not lose them. And so there's, and you spoke to this a little bit, right. But there's like the listening of like, what, who do people want me to be, you know, or what's the right way to be, mm -hmm. who are people telling me to be? And 
we can see in so many different ways, people say, if you don't say this, therefore, dot, dot, dot. But if you don't say this, therefore, dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. Or, um, and in this particular moment, you know, it's happening around Israel, Gaza, Palestine, um, anti-Semitism, anti-Muslim, you know, like it's sort of coming up and, and, and it's listening for me, to it, yes, it is listening to my own self, right? Finding like, do I, what do I know? Mm-hmm. Um, but inside of that, and I think this is, this takes a certain kind of resilience and strength mm. is can I, can I also listen to other people and allow them to impact me? Mm. Can I, can I know myself strongly enough or have enough clarity not in like who I am like it's a stake in the ground Mm -hmm. but in some way to know that I can listen and be impacted and that that won't break me Mm. and and so neither do I need to immediately you know heed this particular call because oh my god I don't want them to be mad at me Mm -hmm. um right that's a certain that's like I can't stand um like the capacity I'm unable to be with the fear or the anxiety or the intensity of the feeling that Mm. maybe these people won't like me. That's it. And then the same over here, right? Oh, but then maybe I get pulled over here, right? Because I'm, I can't be with the intensity that maybe these people won't like me, Mm -hmm. but also, Oh, can I hear what these people are saying? Can I hear what these people are Mm -hmm. saying? Can I hear, and can I, am I willing to take it in? possibly change where I stand or sit or even what I think mm-hmm. based on like I might actually change my mind mm-hmm. that I would say that's actually an open mind <laughs> <laughs> um but not automatically change not and then even the people that I love and respect and have far more information than I right might they share things I don't automatically reshare them just because I trust the source right but I can't tell you how many Instagram posts I've saved in the last you know 20 days or slightly less now you know so that I can go back and be like okay so this person I know and love said this and this is where it came from and this is what they're saying about it and where does that land in me and how does that you know and like to actually be able to take it in Mm -hmm. and part of what my post um, where that particular piece came from was also hearing the urgency of people to say, you should, if you're a leader, you should have something to say. That's the thing that really struck my heart. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so again, can I like, like, oh, people are hurting mm. and they want to know that they're cared for. Right. So can I hear underneath it? Can I even, and can I, can, am I even willing to be the villain of their story? Because as a leader, maybe I'm not speaking to the thing that makes them feel safe or cared for without defense, right? Without like, I'm not a villain. I'm a good person. Yes. Um, And so that's an internal capacity. And then at the same time to, to, to hold that place. I mean, I don't in any way want to equate like my experience in this or, you know, our experience as leaders, whatever we want to say that is in to Mm -hmm. actually war. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I want to say that energy is the energy of war. There you go. Thank you. So the energy that says we must have immediate response. Yes. We must have first response. We must respond hard and fast and with assurance, without any doubt at all times. That is, I do think that is the energy of war. Yes. So 
What, so, I mean, I don't have an answer for this, right? But it, ultimately the question becomes, what does it take so that I can sit in the intensity without, um, without going to war inside myself or with others um, simultaneously to say what I believe is true also without fear of like, if I believe this is true, these people might not like me. I believe this is true that, you know, so can we continue to speak truth and not always be neutral? Mm. Um, but also resist that energy of war. Like I must always have an opinion and it must be right and fierce and sure, you know, cause I, I was not sure that's for and, sure. And you quick <laughs> now, now I want to read what you wrote. Do you mind? No, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I could ask you to read it, but I have it up. Um, <laughs> Okay. You I this about a, okay. You wrote this um, on October 11th and I, I actually only found it maybe yesterday or today, right on time though. Um, Cause I've been feeling this so deeply. So you write, I'm sorry. I haven't had anything to say about what happened in Israel last week or what is happening in Gaza. Now I'm sorry. I don't have easy answers or righteous rage. All I have is heartbreak tears, and no solutions. All I can do is listen deeply. At times like these, I find the quickest responses are rarest, the most complete, true, kind, loving, or helpful. I'm sorry if you feel let down by this. That, that's what really moved me, Kendra. I'm sorry if you feel let down by this. If you imagine I don't support your quote side because of this, I probably don't. There are no sides. There is horror everywhere. This there is a war machine. There are no winners. That doesn't mean I don't support you or love you. I do. I love you. But anyone telling you, quote, this actually is that simple about any of this is wrong. Propaganda abounds and corrections don't help when emotions run this hot. People are quick to call names Zionist, woke, as though one could only ever say this or that because they hate people or in order to, quote, signal. I can tell you this, I do not wish fear or harm or retribution or violence on anyone, all caps, anyone. May we all cultivate more peace in our own hearts and homes. May we all help wherever we can. May we do all that we can to create a world free from war. But, and this is the part that scares me to say, what that actually means is a world free from greed, free from war for profit, free from a system that profits off pitting us against each other, free from a system or of that rewards taking, hoarding, and oppression. And that world is actually going to require that we do a hell of a lot more than make inflammatory, righteous, and oversimplified posts on social media. When you say, but this is the part that scares me the most to write, to share, to express, why do why did that scare you to write it? And then what did that take within you to actually post it? Hmm. Um, because I do actually believe that the this, whatever we want to call changing the world hmm. and likely it won't be as grandiose as we might imagine, right? May we have large, like may we have large scale impact in these ways that actually do have to do with peace and um, 
you know, all beings being safe and fed and well and cared for, like may there be large scale impact around that, but our own personal pieces for most of us mm-hmm. sitting here, it, it won't be that grandiose. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, I actually think it's going to require Mm. there's a better word that's not coming to me right now, but that it actually might require giving something up. Mm. Surrendering. I would say it's maybe grittier. Yeah, there I, I got you. I'm with you on this. It you you've said enough. I get you. I've I've Yes. I think about, you know, it's so interesting because like um, mm-hmm. Al Gore wrote An Inconvenient Truth. I think I was like a teenager or something. At the time. It a, it's kind of an old book at this point. I don't even know where all of that stands, yeah, but exactly. I actually think about this word inconvenience mm-hmm. and the way that I have started to define it myself is more along the lines of inconvenience is anything you don't have to do yet. And again, especially those of us who are living in North America, to some extent, this is also true about Europe, but, you know, especially, especially in these realms, it's, it's, it's a global thing, but it's especially in these realms is like, we're all good people because we bring our reusable bags, but if we forget them, oops, like it's too inconvenient yes. to go back to our car and get them, yes. right? Why? Because we don't have to do it yet. Yes. Oh, you know, we're all good people. So we have reusable water bottles and it's too inconvenient to like figure out how to get water without buying a plastic water bottle because we don't have to do it yet. But there is a time Mm -hmm. and it may not happen in your or my lifetime. Mm -hmm. But these pieces, it's like, oh, this actually won't be an option. Yes. Um, And it will no longer be an inconvenience. It will be an imperative. Mm -hmm. And so to really look at like, what is it? what, What am I willing to... I'm searching for this word. I can't find it, but like, what is it that I'm willing to inconvenience with myself, myself with, even though I don't have to yet. Yes. Um, Because it's actually what's required to maybe possibly potentially for some generation in the future, not hold it as an imperative Mm -hmm. because we gave up the convenience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Beautifully stated. Thank you for that. And that that definitely resonates and lands uh, deeply. And it's also around anyone who's like, quote, speaking truth in these times, right? And what does it even mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that word is so holy and sacred to me at this point, because my truth is my truth. Your truth is your truth. I'm not asking you to change your truth. Although I love what you said, Kendra. It's like, could I could I be willing to hear, to listen to your truth, which is the essence of the nonviolent communication foundation that Marshall Rosenberg brought to the world, right? That is, that is the purity of its intention, but it's that same thing of like, "Mm, but not if it inconvenienced my lifestyle today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's really, yeah. Yeah. I feel like even if it, I think sometimes um, if it, might change my truth. Like it feels weird. It's sort of that mm-hmm. sense of like, oh, but, but if I actually let that in, it might change my truth. And I don't, I'm, I'm like, not really sure I'm willing to let go of that. Right. What are the repercussions yeah. of this inconvenient truth? <laughs> yeah. It is asking yeah. me, if not trying to beg me and or demand of me to look at life and to behave in life and on the planet a little bit differently that may serve 
others beyond self or my immediate little myopic reality. Mm-hmm. And, and that is really the call on humanity right now. Mm-hmm. And it's the call of mother earth and it's, it's profound. And, and for each person, this is, this is, I'm curious actually what you have to think or feel or know about this. Um, mm-hmm. That we're all also on these interesting journeys that are all unique to each and every one of us. And mm-hmm. so like, for example, the call on my dad's life or soul's contract is different than mine. But yet here we are deeply relating, seeing things from a slightly different perspective or sometimes fundamentally different. That's mm-hmm. all been deeply grooved to your point at the top of the conversation about these things that we think are our authentic selves. Are they? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so even mm-hmm. that, like, how do you reconcile in your own work with your family, with your partner, with your child, with your clients, with your community, opening that up at the top? in your own leadership of having this awareness around each person's inconvenient truth or mm-hmm. authenticity mm-hmm. is uniquely ours for maybe why we are here at this time. Is there an awareness for you around that? Um, there is. And some of that again comes back to, I mean, there's kind of two ways I would go with this, but so one comes back a little bit to to being a little less grandiose, Mm. you know, and, um, and finding the way to walk through the world that, that, that actually, um, if we, if we take it again, it's sort of zooming out and then zooming in. So Mm. it's in the, whatever small way, be you know finding a way to relate or move through the world that isn't at odds mm. although i have been thinking about this too i mean you're kind of you're catching me in a lot of things that are not necessarily tied in nice neat bows but i'll just Good. where that's they are what, right now that's what we love um so i've been thinking a lot about this idea of resonance and dissonance mm-hmm. and or harmony harmony resonance dissonance um you know we like to say we hear something we like Mm-hmm. And we say that resonates. Mm-hmm. And and so we tend, what I think most of us anyway, the way it seems to me is that there's a little bit of a, um, the idea that resonance is better than dissonance. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, but there are things I don't want to resonate with. Mm-hmm. And what is it actually to be a disruptor in those mm-hmm. places? So, mm-hmm. so I'm kind of holding two things here that could seem almost at odds. Right. There's the part of me that's like, yeah, what is it to walk through my life and the people that I meet? And in that way, that's like, we're not we're not at odds, mm-hmm. even if you might seem different than me. Right. Can I can I create peace here, not by avoidance and hiding, but can I can I actually be that, you know, in some way? Mm-hmm. Can I listen? Can I speak? Can we can we not have to be at odds just mm-hmm. because we're different? Mm-hmm. And that's sort of on one side. And then the other side is this sense of like, what is intentional dissonance? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've worked with um, this teacher named Josh Shree, who, who does the Emerald podcast. Mm-hmm. And he, anyway, he teaches about resonance or, or sound vibration. And I, and I was asking him, or we were talking about this, which was around like, what are we harmonizing with, right? Like if there is harmony in the world, like if there is just, if there's universal harmony, Mm -hmm. but then there's also within that 
there are the pieces that I want to harmonize with. And I was like, well, do I want to vibrate at the frequency, which would be another way of saying harmony, right? Mm -hmm. It's all vibration. Yes. Do I want to vibrate with social media? Mm. The way that it tends to like come out. Do I want to vibrate at the frequency of the 24 hour news cycle? And so what is it? Is it is it dissonance? Is it disruptive? Is it resistance? Like, what does it take to also go, no, I do not align with yes. everything just because it came into my space. Mm. Um, so that's a circuitous answer to. I love it though, because this is the thing that I have been experiencing. And I know that if you and I are speaking to this, this is something that needed to be brought up because there's a lot of resonance here. <laughs> Hey there, a gentle interruption with a really special invitation for you. This is a beautiful bundle exclusive to the Fire and Soul community straight from the 12 Archangels and through Belinda Womack's Spiritual School of Evolution. It's called Wealth, Recreation, and Inner Worth Transformation with the 12 Archangels as well as their guide to creating a new financial reality. If you've experienced yourself in this loop of the financial struggle and stress and lack and scarcity, and you're ready to get out of it and get into alignment with the vibrational set point of true wealth and abundance from within so that you can experience it without, this is the program for you. And by the way, it's so much more than a course or a program. This is an experience. This is a transmission that you will feel activated by just like I did when I was going through it immediately. And I experienced instant results, yes, in the way of money and also just an overall sense of well-being deep within my soul. And I want you to experience the same. And I'm super stoked that we've been given an exclusive killer discount just for Fire and Soul community at more than 50% off. So you can pick this up for 97 bucks instead of the $222 that it would normally retail for. Give yourself this gift, get out of that trap and get back into alignment directly from source. If this has piqued your curiosity at all, I'm going to highly encourage you to head on over to my website to enroll today. michelle-sorrow.com forward slash true wealth. Enjoy. I have unfollowed more accounts in the past 10 days, not out of rage, not out of like, you know, you know, not, I don't even think judgment, although maybe there is judgment, but it's just like a, I noticed it was eliciting um, fear or rage or divisiveness or whatever. And I was like, huh, I don't even need to know the backstory, but this is just not what I'm aligning with energetically right now. And I've also saved a lot to your point earlier of, of beautiful, like what you wrote was so beautifully put. And I was like that I resonate with, but then what is that? That's an interesting exploration, right? Like, because this is an interesting circuitous tie back to what you and I were chatting about before I hit record. And it was in your backstory of the bio on your website. And I'll make sure to link to all of this, you know, learning all about your childlike play and wonder Mm -hmm. when you were a little girl and how that's, that's really been a through line in, in the way that you show up and the mm-hmm. land that you've purchased and the, the retreats that you lead in the, the containers that you guide. 
And so where what what's wanting to come through right now is that childlike wonder and awe and play and just appreciation for Mother Earth and those frequencies, right? Mm-hmm. Is that part of how you're supposed to be and where you no longer align with what doesn't represent that? Or does that increase your capacity to be able to see it all almost like with that divine gaze? I'm curious because this is where I am right now. I know that there's something in the algorithms that should make me feel bad about appreciating the beauty of a tree, right? And a flower or a butterfly in flight and how I can be so mesmerized by that mysticism in these times specifically, but yet there could be some curation of, oh, but you can't express that. Mm -hmm. And so, and for me, I don't know if this is a dissonance that's intentional or not of, I want to, I want to continue to live the way that I've always lived which is that childlike play and wonder more so now than ever. And I think it's an important frequency to share. I don't know if what I'm saying even comes across as any sort of a question, but if you're picking up what's trying to come through and there's something that you want to expand on there, that's the part that I think can be confusing when you really want to be authentic mm-hmm. and, and and really inquiring as to, is that truly authentic, right? Mm-hmm. And does that serve my community to share. So I'll just pause there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are so many layers and, and there's at least a few that I would really like to speak to. Please. And one, one is just straight up like social media. <laughs> <laughs> and um, for whatever reason, I mostly like social media. Me too. Me too. And and I think, you know, again, even that's kind of dissonant these days, you know, <laughs> sort of sort of a piece and it's less so these days I mean it's just changed over time but I I, there were years where people would write me and they would basically say how did you learn to be so authentic on social media and I was like huh what are you talking about (laughs) but what I realized like I got it enough that I started kind of just inquiring into like what it what's happening here I describe it, you know, mm. and I realized I was like, oh, I'm, I mostly talk like I was talking to, to a person. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't really occur to me to talk uh, like, like that, like I just, you know, if I wouldn't say it to you, I'm not going to say it here. I mean, it has changed a little bit in terms of, because there is more promotion. And of course I wouldn't like stand in front of a person and just like, here's my program <laughs> unless they asked. But sometimes I think even that on social media is like, well, Hey, you, you might be here because you asked would you tell me how to work with you? Yeah. But how would I then share that in a way that feels like there's a there's another human being on the other side? Mm-hmm. And with that, I would actually encourage, you know, I mean, you spoke to it at least personally, but anybody who's wondering is like, if we have that thing, like, I can't say this, mm-hmm. that I do think that's worth inquiring into. And, mm-hmm. and I would, I would push back a little bit that it in, in some way, I mean, I want to say in some way it's true, right? There is, there is a push of what just the algorithm is intended to do. And there is kind of a, 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 an amorphous other out there that might, you know, have things to say about what we share. So it's not untrue. Um, but then there is the the place I would push back a little bit is the more that we make it about like, well, because they might do this is that ultimately, again, it comes back to that thing of like, and I can't be with that. Mm. I'm either afraid of how I'm going to feel like I'm resisting how I think I might feel if somebody criticizes me, if people mass unfollow me, 
if I get talked badly about online, I don't know, you know, how I'm, and what, how that's going to make me feel, or I'm afraid of some other perceived consequences, you know, loss of followers, loss of income. And again, not to say that any of these aren't valid fears, but I think it's more helpful if we recognize them as such. Yes. And then there's kind of an honest reckoning with, I'm unwilling to say that because mm-hmm. I am afraid of the impact it may have. And then, and then I think it's important to wrap that in, um, I mean, I want to say compassion. I mean, something a little different, but to go like that, you, you are allowed to make that choice right now. You yes. know, if I am paying my bills or I am this, you know, I have a family to support if this, you know what? And like, right now I'm unwilling to lose my income. And so therefore I'm not going to say this thing, just be honest with yourself, but mm-hmm. then hold that as like, and that's an okay choice to make. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want to speak to this other thread, which again, I think is things woven together. Like I was feeling like, how do I feel this in myself? And especially about childlike awe and wonder. I mean, this is probably, it's so precious to Mm. me. Me too. It's so precious. Right. So I can, and I, yeah, I can feel that when you talk about it, like it's so precious to you. And, and so first and foremost, to name that, to name the preciousness and that it actually does deserve to be protected. Mm -hmm. Mm. And then what I would put right alongside that is this piece And some of this, I think, is semantics in the way you said it. And I, you know, but I think this comes out for a lot of people. And so, again, it's just helpful to, like, shine a light on it, which is something along the lines of, I want to be able to keep living the way I always have. Mm. Mm. And I actually, like, that, I think, is the thing we were talking about before, which is, like, actually, we don't get to. We don't get to. That's not when we were born. Yeah. And. um. And what I, what like my prayer for my life, maybe, or like what it is that I want in this is that those two things can coexist. Mm. And I do hold it as absolutely precious to be able to turn my attention and, 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 you know, genuinely pause at like a butterfly landing on a flower Mm. and, and just go like, oh my God, like this Mm. is happening right now in front of me. Yes. And I get to like stand here and just watch for it. How, however long that butterfly is like, like this is an absolute miracle. Mm. And to find something that is resilient enough in me mm. that I do not need to shut out the ways in which we have to live in these times mm. in order to do that, that these two things are not at odds with each other. And I think that is the stamina that mm. whatever it means to say these times, and, but, that, but that these times call for. Mm-hmm. Oh, so beautifully put. I'm, I'm deeply resonating to the point of tears in my eyes. And uh, because when you mentioned, you know, something, I didn't even know how much my heart needed to hear. My little girl needed to hear my divine inner child of like, to protect that energetic you know and she actually only really revealed herself because I could finally let down all the armor and the mask Mm -hmm. there's still plenty of other spots that are just being dismantled currently in my life including how to show up on social my listeners know 
Um, I don't exactly know how to do that um, at all yet. Um, but when I discovered this essence about myself and my own awakening, actually through ayahuasca was the portal for me. Uh, and then, and then living in LA and then early 21, like I was in a business mastermind and the woman sitting on my right opened up what I would call, you know, a red pill door, just for lack of a better term, just to keep it to the matrix. And I'm the one who courageously went in and it was inside of that red pill rabbit hole that I discovered this childlike wonder and awe after I got through the horror of like, oh, there's all of that. Right. And then, and then basically just, yeah, resurrecting my own truth. And I know you speak to this quite a bit, but thank you for speaking that um, protection um, element, because there is a resiliency of who do you think you are to show up in this holiness mm -hmm. that is so sacred, that is an energetic that I think we need that we're so hungry for, and yet it can all belong. So this deeper relating in a space that's authentic to us and that it all belongs without being tone deaf, mm -hmm. right? Because we know ourselves. Therefore, when we know ourselves a little bit better, we can hopefully begin to try to learn one another. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that came through for you on what I just shared? I think that the the final piece that I, that is there in a sense is um, that which we hold so precious in ourselves that you know part of it mm -hmm. is is wanting to create a world in which that's available to others, mm -hmm. and and so some of that you know again like that that I want to keep living the way I have and we don't get to and. Even, I mean, I don't know if you have children, but my kids are 10 and 14 and I feel that so strongly. Like they don't, they're, they're not growing up quite the way that I grew up and I can't, there's both protecting in them in whatever way I'm able to give them the kind of childhood I had, mm. that, you know, I mean, tech just wasn't even, didn't even exist <laughs> and that's not true now. So it doesn't quite work to just make it like not exist, but, um, you know, so how do we both protect our children and mm. make them aware? And then the, and then just really this thing, I mean, one of the things I will say that I've been seeing a lot online that I, that I believe very truly these days, it's like, there are no other people's children. Yes. yes. I want my children to have this kind of childhood. I want it for everybody. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, again, grandiose, like, can I do that? No, but wherever, whatever is most important to us, then the question becomes how, like, in what ways can I do that? Not, mm -hmm. can I do the, you know, can I, can I toss a blanket of peace over the entire world and, and make it so for everyone immediately? No, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. um, can I donate a hundred dollars here? Can I, you know, I, I just also look at like, what's most effective and it, and you've spoken to this so beautifully is like each of us has to decide this for ourselves mm -hmm. but there's a local woman here who organizes every year around christmas mm -hmm. just for local families it's you know like literally we just give her things and she gives them to the families that she knows mm -hmm. needs them mm -hmm. and and so in a lot of ways like i can have a bigger impact spending $500 on gas cards you know, presents for children that wouldn't have them otherwise, a Christmas tree, food on somebody who lives in my actual community, mm -hmm. then I can sending that money somewhere else. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I think the same goes for our voice is just recognizing where can my voice be heard? Who needs to hear it? What can I say that is, you know, opens a little bit more. Mm. Um, Yeah. A flowering, right. And just allowing for that, that divine intelligence um, to show us yet again, the way we're a little bit at time and I'm curious, no pressure. Do you have a few more minutes to speak about what it's like also running your business as an entrepreneur? Okay. Um, because that's the piece that I got really present to when I started, you know, caring about your content and watching your YouTube videos and, and, um, getting to know your work, your voice and noticing the shifts that you've been making, Mm -hmm. you know, um, maybe intuitively, I don't know, but I'm just very curious because there are some that are just doing business as usual. It's almost as if nothing's going on in the world and all the things been going on for the last three years. I don't resonate there and I'm okay with that being my truth. Yes. yes. And at the same time, there's a lot of people who are in stagnation because they're afraid of saying the wrong thing or occurring greedy or it doesn't feel appropriate or it's tone deaf. So there's a lot of that that's also stopping some people. I don't know if that's you, but just curious how you found your own authenticity, authenticity in being a well-known leader, a respected leader in the world that I live in from an observation of watching you um, and finding your own tone Mm -hmm. in these times while also needing to pay the bills and to feed the kids and to take care of the mortgage and honoring the land that you bought near Mount Shasta and all the ways in which I've come to really adore who you are as a a soul. Mm -hmm. But I don't even know if there's a question in there, but whatever wanted you, whatever wanted to be heard. Yeah. I see the deep breath. Yeah. How has that journey been for you on the inside? Um, I don't got it. There's like, again, there's so many, (laughs) anything that wants to come through is beautiful. And one, I mean, I would put in a plug. I, I made a video a while back that was called what living your purpose actually means. Okay. We'll link to that made into a blog. Um, I think it has the video at the bottom of it, you know, cause mm-hmm. I'm a talker. So the video is like an hour <laughs> long, you know, and then it's help condense, can, uh, condensing it into something that you, you can read. Um, but I, in, again, I would say, I don't know if it's luck or, or, or exactly what it is, but I feel grateful that I hit some of those pieces before 2020. Mm. Um, you know, I hit, it was even in, I mean, one story that I tell, well, I, there were, there was, again, there's layers to it. Like there's a story that I tell in that video that was back in my early twenties when I was working in like corporate in San Francisco. And, and I was just like, so done with my job. And I, and like, without even really the language for any of it, ultimately I just pulled myself into integrity. I was like, what am I really here to offer? And I, did it before I like quit my job, right? Rather than like, fuck this, this isn't me and trying to go find that somewhere else. I found it in the midst of like a, you know, a downtown office building in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, and now I can leave. Mm. And so like that being a layer Mm -hmm. and then a layer when I was a solo mom and I had two kids and I had 
taken a step back partly through my divorce Mm -hmm. and the whole authentic relating business and community that I've been part of. And then I was kind of stepping back in and going, what is my work that where I took, I I also babysat for other people's kids on the side, Mm -hmm. you know? And I was like, oh, so what is it? Just this, this really deep, Mm -hmm. like more deep than what we want to do. And even deeper than like, what is our zone of genius? Like, my zone of genius is not taking care of other people's kids. I can tell you. (laughs) And just to not get caught in this, but go, I am devoted to something deeper than all of this. And, and so it does not bother me to do things that are, that either I don't want to do are hard for me or not my zone of genius in order to stay devoted to that, which I'm devoted to. Same. Mm -hmm. And, and so that was like the thing that just made the ends meet where they needed to meet. And it was better for me, even if I could say, well, maybe I could make more money being away from my kids more. And then, you know, cause that's supposed to get me somewhere. I was like, actually I can be with my kids and I can watch these other kids. And, and then I'm doing this other thing while they're at preschool and kindergarten or whatever. And then again, I think it was like 2016, maybe 17. Um, and I had run fierce grace for two years. So I was coming up on the third year could have been 2018. And as it came time to start promoting it, there was just this voice Mm -hmm. that said, not now. Mm. And I was like, okay, I'll pause, you know, like I'll start, you know, like I can, I can promote it this time. It was like, pause. It was like, not now, not now. And, and I was like, okay, but could, and it was like, at some point it finally became clear. It was like, not fierce grace this year. And I was like, could you give me a little more because (laughs) That's like my biggest income. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and you're not telling me what I should be doing. You're just literally saying not this right now. Mm. I mean, I was pissed at whatever that voice was. <laughs> <laughs> and I resisted it and I resisted it. And um, I had even somebody had even paid. I like ended up giving their money back. And finally, it, it, this is the surrender you talked about earlier. Finally, I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> I will give myself from, I think that was like in February. And I was like, I will give myself till the end of May. There were some things in between to just not know what I'm doing. I will, I will not do fierce grace and I will give myself this time to, and I will not like to not make decisions and just like do the things I know I am doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was right towards it. This happens so often when at these, it happened at the end, mm-hmm. right? Like we think we're going to get the answer and we're like, I've done it for a month, you know, like I, I surrendered <laughs> and you didn't give me the answers. Didn't happen until all the way through May. And I was actually in this meadow at Mount Shasta mm. um, at the return to source retreat that I lead up there. Mm. And, uh, and I had, I had sent all the women out into the meadow to, you know, ask some question or receive. And then I, I noticed, I was like, well, I'm not doing what I just told them to do. And I was like, okay, I like lay back and received. And suddenly it was like, and it just flooded in. And literally as that flooded in, you know, the framework for pleasure, purpose, power, beyond boundaries, relationship by design and the collective, like all showed up. Wow. And then it, you know, it took me two, three years to layer those all in. So that's a piece that I want, I do want to name is, and I say this to my clients all the time is like, let it be layers. Yeah, building like a multi-layer cake, mm-hmm. or like a delicious seven-layer dip, 
or like a painting, you know, that and it doesn't look anything like the painting on the first, right? There's so many layers, right? So again, people might look at you, they might look at me, they might look at other people. And I've had people ask me this, like, how did you create your body of work? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, first of all, I didn't set out to create this as a body of work. Mm-hmm. I just listened and listened and listened and it layered itself in. Mm-hmm. So let it be layers. Mm-hmm. And so having hit those, you know, for me, I found that when 2020 happened, I mean, I got very, very scared. Mm-hmm. And of course, what it wanted to attach to was money, but really I was just scared. It was the unknown. And I just felt scared. I didn't know what was happening in the world. And I was scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but my mind attached to money and I like started to feel that little hamster that wants to like run on a little hamster, like, oh my God, you got to take care of yourself and you got to like do something. You got to make money and you got to make sure you're going to be Okay. And I think having had these experiences before helped me just like take a step back. Mm. I was like, okay, well, let me ask myself, not just in the abstract fear-based question, Mm. but in reality. And I took a look at my money. Like I just legitimately looked and I realized, and I, and I took, I mean, I didn't know completely, but basically I knew how much every month I needed to be able to pay the bills. And, and I was like, okay, great. If I make zero dollars, for the next six months, then I will be broke. Mm-hmm. And just like landing in that, I was like, okay, it's very unlikely that I will make $0 every month for the next six months, but I know that I've got six months. Yes. And also knowing that I'd be broke again, this is partly just as my life journey. I was like, actually, I know how to be broke. I've been broke in my life. And if I'm broke, I know I will figure out how to not be broke. <laughs> like my children, were not, you know, and it just helped me mm-hmm. rather than avoiding that mm-hmm. and trying to make money to avoid the fear. I just looked at it head on mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, great. I've got six months. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to make decisions, not as the hamster. And I, you know, I was able to go like, you know what, this program that I created called Beyond Boundaries is probably more applicable now Mm. than it has ever been. Mm. Now I know, like, now I know that I am speaking to it from a genuine place of, I would like to offer this, not like, oh my God, this has to make a bunch of money. Otherwise I'm going to be broken alone under a bridge with my children, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm laughing, but these are the real thoughts that I have. And I know a lot of people have, right. For sure. Ego goes there, right? It's like, oh my God. It's like a classic example is, you know, when I used to be on the freeway, I tried to avoid being in a car on a freeway at all anymore. But um, it's like, I'm late. If I'm late, I'm going to lose the, the appointment. I'm going to lose the money. I'm going to lose my house. I'm, I'm going to be dead. I'm going to, I'm going to die. <laughs> and it all happens like that. And it's, it's not real. So I love how you, how you express that. So then the pivots of this year that I was observing, um, probably felt a little more natural to you and not abrupt. It's like, oh, cause it felt actually really soft and sovereign. That was the energetic that was coming across. And because I also had gone through it and am still going through it. It was like really recognizing for me how I feel promoting whatever it is that I'm out there promoting. And I don't even consider that promoting or sharing. It's like, it's just like, I'm, there's no convincing. I try not to be grandiose, although sometimes it does feel like it could be that way. And that's, that's the way I feel about it. And I'm going to lead with whatever is most authentic to me, but, and then recognizing, okay, when I'm promoting or marketing or even leading this, it's not lighting me up in the same way that it maybe once did. Right. And I can't understand that it was very confusing for me. Mm -hmm. And so, but just even learning to trust in that Mm -hmm. and be like, Oh, but when something does come on, 
And I know that it's supposed to be what I'm, what I'm here at this season on my journey to put out into the world, whomever feels called will be called, but really learning to listen, like you said, and honoring that, even if we have no idea how it's going to unfold or that it might not make logical or financial sense. I found the more that I truly surrender to that will, to that voice, to that message, maybe I'm, maybe I'm delusional, but I do find that everything works out. Mm-hmm. Everything. I found that too. Yeah. I, I definitely found that too. And again, I think that is sort of a tricky thing of like, and that's why I tell those, those first stories at the beginning so often mm-hmm. is I think it's important for people to know that it's okay. Like, yeah, maybe you also get a side job or a part-time yeah. or consulting work and that's not a failure. Mm-mm. It's not a failure of your purpose. Mm-mm. It's the recognition that in order to serve what you're here to serve, that will actually support it. Yes, yes. I had a friend who's an artist and also a CPA. And I remember she said to me one time, because she had like a conflict around that inside herself. Mm-hmm. And then at some point she realized that her she was her own best patron. And her CPA work was actually supporting her being an artist. And, and so I think if we can think of it more like I'm my own patron. Yes. Rather than that I'm failing myself. And then, and then I do think that when we're working in these realms, it is really important. Like it's, it's imperative that we be in integrity to listen to those own inner voices mm-hmm. and to take some time to let them work themselves out. Ah, so, so good. Like, again, I mean, I'll try to make this short because I know we are at time, but you know, the biggest one for me this year- I've got time because this feels like it's going to be really juicy. So I'd love to, yeah, give this the space that it needs. Was um, the very first way this came through. So I, so I led the No Man Diet January, February, March, like I have for the last like seven plus years or something. And, um, the last couple of years have been, they've been really, really high enrollment and I have community coaches that come in and support. And I was like, oh, this is the dream. Mm-hmm. It like run, it enrolls itself. It runs itself, you know? And I, and then I was like, why doesn't it feel good? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so the first message this is, this is where, again, like, what do we need to do so that we're quiet enough to hear the voices? Mm-hmm. And that's, that is going to be personal, you know, but it does mean, I think, stepping away from our screens mm-hmm. and not always even podcasts, right? Just like we're constantly inputting. So do we ever just go for a freaking walk without something inputting? Um, do we ever sit and not do a thing, right? Like not also be productive, right? So that, that so that when something drops in and goes, I don't think you're, that you're going to leave the no man diet next year, you can hear it. And, and in that moment, I didn't have to make a decision. I just had to go like, oh, oh. It's coming in and saying, not, not, you know, you're not going to lead the no man diet next year. Mm. And I was like, hmm, all right, at least I could hear it. And then, you know, I, again, I feel very lucky that I do have a team, but if I didn't, I would have other people I would talk to where I could bring it. And I would say, this is what's coming through. And then they would ask me questions. And it started, I mean, in the process, like the whole thing took probably uh, two months to unravel. Mm-hmm. And in the process, you know, we created and destroyed a whole other program. And so, you know, to be able to hear each step of the way, like I was on a call and I was like, yes, this is right. And then I got off the call and then the voice was like, yeah, no, 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 that's not right. (laughs) You know, I was like, oh, you know, my back to the drawing. And it, it actually came all the way around to where the first time ever I offered the no man diet for a second time, but in a totally different way. Mm -hmm. 
and then I, and then a whole other idea came in to fill this space mm. and I started to do it. Mm. And then I had to, again, remember like, actually it, what it said, like the, it literally said this, you needed this space, mm. not find something different to fill a space. And I was like, okay, so this whole thing that I'm came up with with my team, I am going to do, but I'm going to pick it up and move it. Like, it's not going to start now. <laughs> And to be able to pick it up and move it. And it's like, okay, great. That's like March. Mm-hmm. Like this time asked for this time, not so it could be filled with something different. That you can now finally see. Yeah. Yeah. And be with. Yeah. Yeah. That's deep surrender right there. That's deep listening. And yeah. and then also, I mean, how would you describe that voice? I mean, do you give it a name? A, uh, I yeah. don't. Yeah. I know people like to say higher self. Some are like, no, I've graduated beyond that. I'm still good with higher self. You know, I think it's fitting, but um, yeah, I was curious what your, what your thoughts were on that. I just, there have been enough times when I've heard a voice that I'm like, I heard a voice. (laughs) Is it God? It's, I always just know it's part of my divine team and I'm good with that. And also the way that I've been able to really recognize, I don't know if this is true for you, but like, if there's like whatever my version of truth is, and it feels really from my heart, right? The energy is just really pure divine tingles all over my body, especially on my, on my thighs. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, we communicating now this is good, you know, and I've learned to trust in that and not, not feel like I'm being bamboozled because ego wants to come in and guide me down a path. Cause that's happened too, you know? Mm-hmm. So th- learning to listen and even here, the nuance or texture or context of the listening is a whole skill in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So thank you for speaking into that because that's the courage that felt really calm as I was observing in you. And I was like, that for me is embodied leadership. Mm-hmm. That for me is the authentic relating. That for me are the energetics that you speak about and guide and you were leading by example. Mm-hmm. And I think that those who are drawn to your medicine, your work, they see that mm-hmm. even if they might not be as conscious to it. Does that make sense? I, I do. I think, I, I do think people feel something. For sure. That's it. Yeah. 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 They're like, she's, 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 she's listening and or running her life according to her own compass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's been my observation with you and, and, um, man, there's so much that I want to learn from you. I have a feeling I'll be at return to source your retreat next year. I know that you did a pre-sell on that and I should have done it because Aaron was like, when she opens it, don't even think twice, just go. And I was like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) So I want to wrap there. I want to speak to that. Um, I know it's next year, so we'll just leave it. And I don't even know, I have no idea if it's even open, but to get on your wait list, at least for when it will be. But that feels really fitting for this whole conversation in a way to sort of close out um, our, yeah, this time together. Return to source, or yeah, just, yeah. Um, it's a whole thing because that was another. It was a voice that uh, came, that came in, and it's the land that we're on is almost next door to the land that I actually bought. Mm. But so the land that Return to Source is on is land that I've been going to. It, it'll be eighteen years next year, mm. and the first time that I sat in Sweat Lodge with my teacher on that land, a voice came in literally like this, and it said, "You're meant to bring people to this land." Mm. And again, I mean, this is, if I could impart anything is in some way for people to see if they can find the journey, Mm. because if somebody comes to return to source now, it looks like a fully like, like, oh, how did you create this? And I'm like, yeah, 17 years ago, 
I tried to do a women's group on that land and so few women joined that I brought a man. Like, <laughs> and every, like every year I've been there every year. And it wasn't like I knew how to, you know, I didn't know what, what does it mean? Bring people here. How am I supposed to do that? What is it? You know, but I just followed the voice in some way until now. And it has then bloomed into what it is. Mm, thank and you for that. It's kind of the best. Yeah, I've seen I mean, it's, it's, photos, yeah. the videos, the social <laughs> shares, and I'm like, I've read the emails. And of course, Erin Kinney, whom I love, and I know she loves you and you love her. She was like, just go. So is do you still have seats available for next year's? There's like 10. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we will do it for sure. I have no doubt that, yeah, whomever's meant to be there will be there. What are the dates on that? Mm, it's June. I don't know what they are off the top. Okay. Of my, okay. Great. On my website, okay. it's there. It's June something. I was asking for me personally, because I'm running my next soul, soul lessons retreat in April. And I'm like, please don't say it's April. <laughs> okay, good. Um, gosh, is there anything I know you, we're going, but um, is there anything that you wish I would have asked or that wants to come through before we wrap? I, I'm honestly, I mostly just want to say, like, I love how many places we went and how different pieces wove together. Mm -hmm. um, and I really, really enjoyed the conversation. So thank you so much. Yeah, that means so much to me, like really deeply. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I was like, I wasn't nervous, but I really wanted to create the space that you felt really comfortable in. So that means so much to me um, because for me, you are world-class mm -hmm. and uh, oh, just world-class, <laughs> just soul, you know, and we all are, but you really allow yours to shine and come through. And it's just so beautiful to have finally connected with you in this space. And I, I hope that we get to do this again, maybe next year after I've gone to your retreat and there's more to well, explore. That would be so fun. Yeah. Okay, good. Oh, good. Yeah. Thank you very much, Kendra, for coming on. I will link to all the places in which people can uh, connect with you and learn more from you and maybe even engage with you in person next year at the Return to Source retreat. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Fire and Soul. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. And if you'd like to connect on social, you can find me anywhere at Michelle Sorrow. Or if you'd like to reach out to me directly, you can at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.